Julie. Hey, Julie. Welcome to Hey, Julie, a podcast that is free from the burdens of Big Brother. (laughs) Free from Julie Chen's overlooking and glare. Danielle, are you just living your best life now that, I mean, we've been BB casuals for months now. Months. But like, just now that it's just fully over, how how are you doing? I actually do feel like a sense of duty has been lifted, like the albatross has been taken from my neck. Mm -hmm. I do. I feel much lighter. I'm watching things that I actually have interest in (laughs) as opposed to things that I feel like I have to watch. (laughs) And and that's not to say that I don't love talking about Big Brother with you, Brett, and, and communicating with our wonderful listeners on Twitter, our Twitter friends. But... The season itself was just not, it's like I, I forced myself to watch so that I could do the fun stuff of talking with you and chatting on Twitter, you know, yeah. like the actual content of the show was very poor. So <laughs> I'm very happy to not have to watch that anymore. Not our show. No, of, show. Of, of Big Brother. Yes. Our show was fantastic. Oh, our show was great till the till end. Till the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, it actually gets me into there was a listener question, Marcella. Have you seen <laughs> Marcella 8691? I'm gonna go on a rant because there's yeah. nothing, there's no big brother to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the show Marcella? Uh, oh, Netflix? I tried. I tried. <laughs> not for me. Not for me either. <laughs> no, but, and it sucks because it really should have been for me. Are you into are you into like murder? Murder shows. Yeah, I love a, a lady, a lady, a lady in charge detective. of the cops. Yeah, exactly. A lady Looking detective into murder in London, in Britain, wearing fabulous coats. Like that should have been exactly what the doctor ordered for me, but it wasn't at all. I was like, "What the hell?" It was weird, wasn't it? It had some weird moments. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Marcella. Anyways, <laughs> Marcella or Marcella eighty six ninety one says, "How are you guys doing, really?" <laughs> what a great question. Well, it really, really does make it a different question. It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad someone is asking, really. It makes me feel yeah. makes me feel good to know that you guys care. Well, what's funny is we didn't record last week. And I yeah, I mean, honestly, probably <laughs> for the best. Yeah. If you can believe it, the election happened last week and not 45 years ago. Exactly. And I I just think that much like how I feel free from the albatross of uh, Big Brother, don't you feel a weight has been lifted? It does seem that things well, you, went the right way. You also feel free from the albatross <laughs> of having to live in these United States. True. That's true. That is uh, true. Yeah. I mean, so last weekend... Uh, I kind of looked at the calendar. I, you know, I, I've been, I was looking at this long runway of six, 12, 18 months of living in my apartment. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of knew around this time I, I was, I'd be looking for, um, just a change of pace. Yeah. And I was looking at the calendar in terms of my work, in terms of the world series, which <laughs> is a, also a very stressful time in my life. Uh, and the election, and I, I, I saw this weekend, November sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. I'm like, "Ooh, the election's going to be over. The World Series going to be over. I'm going to need a break." So I booked myself an Airbnb in just a staycation in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. where I live, just a nice house with a nice yard for me and my four legged friend. No to, pool. 
No, no, it's too, it was way too cold for pool. It actually oh. rained last weekend in LA. Oh my so I just gosh. got out. I just got out of the house. I, you know, just hung out like, a, you know, in a backyard and it was a little bit misty out. It was a bit of a rain last weekend, but also I woke last weekend. The rain was clearing and my, my friend Joe was coming in to wash away the rain your friend joe joe said hello hello joe that's the new name of his podcast things went well and listen we we skipped last week and possibly by design we don't need to talk about uh any more of election or politics yeah, I because i don't want to talk about it no no and that's not what people are tuning in for i mean I do want to say, I, that's not to say this is a podcast where we're like, we don't talk politics because we want, we love all of our listeners. No, absolutely not. If you're a Republican, we hate you and we don't want you listening to this. So. I'll be honest. So <laughs> I'll be honest. So on a podcast that I produce at my job, uh, a host said towards the end of an episode, uh, you know, just remember to go out to vote. Doesn't matter who you're voting for. Just get out and vote. I edited. I edited out the. Doesn't matter who you're voting for part. No, it just, certainly just does. straight up did that. Like because, I know a lot of podcasters, yeah. a lot of public figures want to be like, let's extend a warm hug to our friends across the aisle. Get the fuck and out of here. Be understanding. Yeah, run that. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is, if you think for 10 seconds, that's what Republicans would do for you if Trump won, uh, you're Honey. very stupid. <laughs> Anyways, uh, continuing the positive news. Yeah, there is so some positive. Big Brother news to talk about. We'll also get into later in the episode. Danielle and I have watched the first. Did you watch the third episode of The Mando this morning or not? I thought I had already watched the third episode of Mando. No. Where he eats the friggin' eggs. No, the third one came out last night slash this morning. And I, I watched it watched. at seven in the morning with oh, a cup of coffee God. for this podcast. And I wow, tell I you, failed. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have some things to say, and I'm just going to okay. spoil it for you. No, I don't, spoil, care. I don't care. I love I love spoilers. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the first three episodes of The Undoing on HBO, <laughs> starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Which I, this conversation, <laughs> I promise you, will get spicy. Anyways, I, I forced Brett to watch. Brett's like, "So what are you watching these days?" And I told him The Undoing, and he texted me while he was watching it, like, "I hate this. This is the worst." And I was like, "You have to watch every episode." I said, um, "Danielle, this is not a good show." <laughs> but first off, what Brett breakdown? Big Brother news. Uh, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a, I'm like a dancer in the '80s. I'm just mm. breaking down. I'm just breaking, breaking down. it down. Uh, CBS announced uh, earlier this early this week. Honestly, it's hard to tell uh, because time doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> sure. CBS announced earlier this week that on their reality programs, Big Brother, Survivor, I believe um, Amazing Race as well, mm. that fifty percent or more of their contestants going forward will be black, indigenous, or people of color, uh, BIPOC as the acronym there. Mm -hmm. This is something we've been asking for. I think has uh, there's been a drumbeat for that this season, especially the last two seasons of Big Brother. In particular, you and I covered the last season of Survivor, but I'm not like a Survivor stan. I'm not sure how much of this has been an issue on um survivor before and then i also believe and i don't have the exact article up in front of me as well but i believe there are um have uh, 
have tried to implement a similar goal in terms of behind the scenes uh, producers as uh-huh. well on these programs. As they should. Um, yes. So really good news um, should make for a very refreshing look for this show in 2021 um, in that, especially with Big Brother, it feels that the show has just, there have been systematic uh, guard rails in place that sort of, if you're a white guy who wins the first HOH, yeah. you like you end happens. up winning the show as yeah, the, yeah, as yeah. the most recent happened as you know. Yeah. And last year there was the whole camp, Castaway sort of thing, and <laughs> there have been these sort of uh, just invisible guide rails in place, yeah. often keeping people of color in poor positions in this house, uh, in the game, and now with at least fifty percent of the cast being people of color, maybe things will go differently next time. I would hope so. I I do want to call out. I think it's a little. Uh, weird for it to be 50%. I'm sort of like what they should all do. If I was the casting person yeah. of these shows, I would be like, all right, we're going to say it's 50, but let's just cast it 80. <laughs> you know, like, let's just go above and beyond. <laughs> like at this uh, point, yeah. why, why, like if you hit, if it's only half, then to me that says you're doing the bare minimum, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like there is, like there is some, there is some room for CBS to mess this up too, especially like I don't want it to seem like a <laughs> blacks versus whites season. Like God. we've seen this on on big on Survivor, right? Yeah. There's like men versus women, like sure, sure. oldies, like old fogies, like boomers versus Gen <laughs> X millennials or whatever. Where yeah. they have these kind of themed seasons of like this type of person versus this type of person. I really do not want no. to see that at all. No. And if there is like a 50-50 thing, it's almost like there's a subtle uh, there's a subtle way in which it is sort of promoting that like yeah. this is vital um, for, for the soul of America. It's so just like, like, I really don't want that at all. <laughs> exactly. I'm just when I hear 50% black, indigenous and other people of color, I'm just like Ugh, so we're stuck with for sure eight white people. <laughs> like, I don't want that. Make it more, you know? Like, yeah, like yo, Grodner, if if you got if you got uh eight uh people of color and seven white people, and the, there's like a there's a ninth person who's like black or Latino or something like that that you really like, maybe cast that person. Yeah, maybe make it nine of the sixteen. Like Yeah, we'll survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think real America will survive as well. Not only will we survive, we might thrive. For sure. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) So we'll see. I'm, I'm like cautiously optimistic. I think it's a good, it's a, listen, I'm not going to, it's a good step. Uh, Let me try to be positive. It is a good step. Yeah. Like we've seen with, especially like Bailey in the last few seasons where like every time she tries to interact with someone, they're like, Stop being a crazy, a crazy person. <laughs> Stop being a loud, crazy. Like she's gonna explode, and when she does, we all know what it's gonna be like. <laughs> it's like this coded language of <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm looking forward to contestants like Bailey 
being able to exist in this house without other people being like, you know, she'll be like, uh, can you get me some coffee? And they'll be like, whoa, she, she, she so rudely asked me for coffee. She's trying to boss me around. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I look forward to other people with backgrounds like Bailey, just being like, oh, Bailey's a normal person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which we never get. And that's like, I mean, you've made this point before, but you know, there's characters that they try to fill. There's such oh, clear yeah. archetypes. And we've talked in the past about like new archetypes that we want to see. I'm still dying for, you know, a Mormon <laughs> mommy blogger <laughs> that like, and you know what? That could be any color. I don't care, maybe, but that's what maybe I Maybe save that for OTT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, especially that's to bring it back to the election, but like, especially in this election, you know, one of the, with the interesting things is like, especially like within the Latin community is like, yo, we're not all the same. Like, right. We're not a monolith. Cuban Americans are different than Puerto Rican, you know, different than Mexican Americans. Like, and we don't all vote the same. And, and same thing goes for, you know, African American community as well. Like, we say African-American as if that means one thing. No, it's like you could be, you know, like Afro-Caribbean. You could be from different parts of Africa. Like you could, your, you know, lineage could be from different parts of Africa if you're even lucky enough to know what your lineage is because that's been taken from so many people, from so many Black people who came to this country. Mm -hmm. um, so like, and not all those people vote Democrat or you know, Republican or whatever. Maybe there's some great anar maybe there's some great Satanists in the Latin community. <laughs> I'm sure. We want our we want our Beelzebub praying Latino, you know, yeah, people on the, the show. You know what? Where are the goths? We, got we want oh, first of all, we want some goths on this show. We don't care what race you are. So, anyways, that should be good too, because yeah, it's something I always complain about. It's like, why is there only one black woman on the show every year? And why is she always like really, really religious, like into Christianity? I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing for black women to be into Christianity, but it's like there's probably black women who are not like I, don't know, I just thought it was like a weird thing that they did every fucking season, like four years in a row. It's always like, so anyways, yeah, we yeah. should hopefully see, you know, people of color on the show who are not like the stereotypical people of color that they have been casting on this show that like fit into a very simple bucket that like cbs likes to well, paint also they won't feel the weight of being hopefully they won't yeah. feel the weight of being representational oh of an God, entire yeah, <laughs> group of people like that's something that uh bay and day talked about a lot this season of like yeah god i can't be my real self because then i'm represent like if i show anything any emotion to specifically i'm thinking of like that fight with christmas then I am living up to what supposedly is the stereotype of like the angry black woman. And then I'm representing all of black women on CBS and it's just not fair. So like, hopefully this will help that. Again, um, you know, just Grodner, CBS, we really hope that the Satanist community is represented yes, going please. forward. Uh, that just means a lot to us uh, as Satanists. This is the premier Satanist podcast. Yeah. Uh, um, big brother. Well, so so snaps snaps the CBS. Let's see what happens. Are you ready to talk about Mando? Mando. <laughs> okay. So 
So, well, I guess we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about some pop culture for uh, the winter for these yeah, long for sure. winter months. Um, so you know we have not discussed this. Sh- we did discuss. We did get into some Baby Yoda lineage uh, in the middle of the Big Brother season, but yeah, we uh, also got a really funny question about Baby Yoda. Someone said it in like a multi-thread like, rant about <laughs> wait, uh, which this is like not one? even. This one is from Explogan42. Okay. Who would be the better Baby Yoda parent out of the two of you? Great way. This great way to Such introduce a... the show to our listeners. Yeah. Um, I I actually... Do, do you want to go first? Because I have who, my thoughts. Who, I have my thoughts. I think I very clearly would be the better parent to Baby Yoda. Actually... <laughs> because, no, Do you agree? I'll, I'll wait to act to well actually and mansplain to you why you're wrong till after okay. you're done here. So I, as as you all know, because we've discussed my love for Baby Yoda before, like basically the show might as well be called Baby Yoda for me because that's the only time I look up from my phone to see like what's going on in the show. <laughs> that was like, like me <laughs> when I watched Family Matters as a kid. I, yes. I didn't even know the show was called Family Matters. I just called the show Urkel. It's like, that's wow, how let's I was watch in Urkel. The that's how I was with The Simpsons. I called it Bart. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I'm just like, wake me up when Baby Yoda's on screen. So this past, but so, the, well, the most recent episode I watched, um, and we talked about this last time. I was like, oh God, are they going to make Baby Yoda like unlikable? Is Baby Yoda going to get canceled this year? Is it's he going to become problematic? It's happened. <laughs> it's, happened. it's happened this week. It happened. Well, and I'm just, I'm watching this episode where basically the breakdown is Mando has to transport this frog woman and her eggs. She's the last of her breed. They Did ha- not enjoy trans- hanging out with the, <laughs> with the frog lady. He has to get them to a safe space so that her eggs can get fertilized and like more frog people can live, right? It's the so, last of her lineage, of her yeah, line exactly. of frog people. Yeah, and so she's got this little jar of eggs and I was like not anticipating Baby Yoda eating the eggs. He does eat the eggs. Yeah. He so this... eats the eggs. They're floating around and he just slurps them up and it's disgusting. And see, this is where I would step in as a parent and okay. give Baby Yoda some discipline. Oh. Yeah, because so far the Mando is just being like like doing what I do to my like old deaf dog which is just be like no and my dog's like i can't hear you and i'm just oh. doing my own thing now uh i already know i'm the disciplinarian uh so, of my life so there's gonna be some strict there's gonna be some punishment there's gonna be some baby yoda going to his intergalactic room there's gonna iPad. be take oh, it off the, yeah no more screen time change the password you can't buy any more fortnite skins baby yoda exactly no more roblox for you um yeah no there's gonna be some changes in this house in this uh whatever the hell the mando rides around in what is that thing called the razor crest (laughs) yeah (laughs) so and i think i think a strict a, a firm hand in parenting is really good so i think i'd be a good parent to baby yoda danielle i'm not gonna we're on the block together here and I'm (laughs) not going to campaign against you as much as I'm going to campaign for myself. Let's hear it. The Mandalorian follows the classic Campbellian story Mm. 
right? He's an unlikely hero. He refuses the call. He's the Mando. He don't want to take care of no green alien baby. Uh. But he understands that this is the way Mm -hmm. and that it is his duty to do so. And in that duty, he will do a better job than any, any person with like an actual, actual, like, you know, maternal instinct for the child. He, he doesn't want to take care of the baby, but he knows he is the, the only person who can take care of the baby. And that is why I would be the better guardian to baby Yoda. Cause I am like the Mando. I'll be <laughs> honest. I don't want kids in my life. I don't want to have kids, but I know I would probably be a legit excellent father because it's like, because I also know about myself that when I am, when a duty is placed upon me in my mm. personal life, in my professional life, I do, I do the, I do an amazing job and I do not shy away from that responsibility, just like the Mando has not shied away right. from taking care of the baby Yoda, from jumping, you know, into various mouths of, of you know, creatures yeah, to get the baby Yoda creatures. out. And I would do all, I know for a fact, I would do all of those things. Poor baby. Yeah. Would you jump in, a, would you jump, on, not to spoil episode three, he jumps in the mouth of another, <laughs> of another <laughs> creature. <laughs> I mean, God, that's what this whole show is. No, I, I would not jump, be jumping in the mouths of creatures. And I'm also kind of annoyed at the fact that they keep kind of teasing Baby Yoda having powers, but then yeah. it always ends up being like someone else <laughs> shooting the gun or someone else like lasering something. I am and- getting a little frustrated because that surely happens in episode three where it's <laughs> like, oh, Mando and the baby are dead this time. It's only five <laughs> minutes into the episode, but I promise you they are really, oh no, someone else came in and shot the person in the back. <laughs> yeah, and like, that's very frustrating to me. I want to see, and I just, I think they're make they're gonna, I mean, I hope not. I think they're leaning into making Yoda more of a brat for like the LOLs, which I yeah. appreciate. I think Yoda should be angelic, just an angelic, sweet little angel that you want to take care of, not this little brat. Like, listen, if it's acting up, for sure I'm not jumping in the mouth of no goddamn spider. I'm saying eat the thing, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, do you think, now here's a question that was around the Twitter sphere regarding the episode. Of the with the eggs, do you believe that Baby Yoda committed genocide? So, an actual producer of the show like went online <laughs> to like clarify it, and like I don't. Granted, I don't know we spent the first ten minutes of this episode telling Republicans to fuck the hell <laughs> off and unsubscribe. <laughs> so I think it gets into a nature of like stem cells, right? And what you, what an unfertilized egg is versus hmm. a fertilized egg. And the producer <laughs> of Mando went on Twitter and was like, these are unfertilized eggs. The same that a chicken lays an egg every day, regardless of whether <laughs> it's been fertilized. And these are the eggs that you buy in the store and you bring in the little, in the little cardboard carton and yeah. you, you pop open on a Sunday you make some French toast. Sure. And you, these are the eggs that are in all of our food that we mm-hmm. eat. And we do not consider that. We do not consider eating that 
genocide. I mean, I'm sure there are people who consider the like, you know, large scale farming, like, you know, livestock mm. farming of, of chickens and forcing them to lay eggs in a factory. I'm sure we we can get into that. We can save that. We'll take, well, let's not get into that. We're going to put that aside. Yeah. Eating an egg, a white or brown egg in your fridge is not like murdering something or if it is. So, and then it gets into the whole, like almost like a stem cell conversation too, where it's like, Hey, we even just talk about this with like fetal fetal cells for like knee procedures for athletes or whatever. Um, I mean, first of all, I don't fucking care. It's the Mando. Just, it's a stupid show, and I don't I care about the frog people. I think it was people. gross. That's why. I Do I think it was genocide? I don't know. I just thought it was nasty as hell. He's eating frog eggs, and they're sitting in that liquid that was probably, like, musty as heck. It's probably swamp water. It's These gross. Like, no child of mine will eat like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, what would so as you as the the true mother of Baby Yoda, what would you <laughs> what would you feed Baby Yoda? Would would it be like only the best like non GMO ingredients, no, no. or like no. on Tuesday night you're like I'm just making some fucking craft mac and cheese so you can shut oh the you fuck know it's up. uncrustables breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> cool <laughs> PB and J baby every child loves it if you got a peanut allergy we'll find another workaround but. Until that point, that's what kids eating for dinner. Yeah, it's like you make you like occasionally will make the meal. Like you'll make the meatloaf with a side of of broccoli, and like he knocks the broccoli away, and you know maybe the a father figure steps in. It's like you gotta make him eat his broccoli, and you're just there with the the glass of wine, and you're like, <laughs> I don't care. I just want him to fucking eat. All right, I, I don't even care at this. Oh yeah, point. I'm not gonna care. They can eat like just eat as long as they're eating. I'm I'm good. That's how that's where I fall into, but yeah. mainly because I'm sort of on the uh, mac and cheese and uncrustable diets by myself. <laughs> well, anyway, what a wonderful question. Um, we didn't talk about Timothy Olyphant. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! We need to talk about some guest stars on this program, yeah. and I'm going to spoil one if you haven't seen the most recent episode of The Mando. But we can back it up and talk about. We must talk about dear old Timothy. Man, our man walks into town. Is there another Mandalorian in this town? Yeah, there is. He's the sheriff of these parts. Whatever. And in walks some skinny ass motherfucker wearing Boba Fett's outfit. And he takes off his helmet and he has the best haircut of 2020. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, some people haven't had a haircut for fucking nine months. Well, and Olafant has legit the best haircut I've seen any person ever. I get. mean, I this this man took my breath away. <laughs> I was like, I just like truly because I thought I knew what he looked like. I I had to look up. I was like, who is this actor? <laughs> and you know, the type, the draw I should have exactly given it away. Who it was. But he's he's really grayed significantly since the last time I feel I've seen him. And the gray works so well for him. It is working. I mean, I'm watching the current season of Fargo, which Olafant is also like 
playing a uh, a law enforcement agent uh, who kind of plays by his own rules and uh his his thing is he always got um like a paper towel full of uh, sliced carrots inside of his his jacket nice and nice. he's just like he timothy oliphant in fargo is literally munching on carrots like big like bugs bunny and like asking criminals like what they're up to and it is fantastic I like Timothy Oliphant. He just every time I see him, I don't remember. I guess I don't remember what he looks like, but I am blown away by the what I see, and I'm happy with what mm-hmm. I see. And and Mando, that episode in particular, the way he looked, I just like. Yeah. I, I felt like I was transported to the golden age of cinema, and I was seeing like. Humphrey Bogart or Cary Grant in their first role where I was just like, who is this man? Yeah. I mean, do just backing it up on, on, (laughs) on Oliphant, like has he had the career, has he had the right career for himself? Like did he, in the Nate Silver projection of Mm -hmm. like, we simulated this 40,000 times, like, there's this there's the scenario where Timothy Oliphant gets like 490 electoral votes right. and there's the scenario where he gets like 112 like did we get the scenario where he only got like 249 electoral votes I'm going to say I think he's had the exact career he should have had Interesting Yeah because I like the pleasure I get out of, oh, it's Timothy. Oh, it's him. Like, I like that. I prefer that for him rather than him being like a Brad Pitt. So I have a interesting comp. Um, okay. I've heard, I've heard, I live in Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. I used to live with people who were very connected in the film industry. And I've heard this story. <laughs> so... Marvel, 2007. Mm. They're having auditions for a little feature film called The Iron Man. Oh. And they've narrowed down their search to two actors, and they are having final read-through, callback, chemistry test, whatever, at the studio. And one actor shows up, and he nails it. And not only does he nails it, he shows up five minutes early. He's like a fucking gentleman to everybody, like the director. Everybody's like, this guy, in addition to being fantastic, seems like just the all, like the all right. most professional. Like, we're not going to have to worry about like him just going to show up late or whatever. And then another actor shows up a little bit late. He's got a bit of a toot. <laughs> got a little and his bit. His name's of a, Robert Downey Jr. So that one was Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> The second guy yeah, was Robert Downey Jr. and the first guy was Timothy Oliphant. So, like, yeah, what you know what's if, annoying? What if Oliphant like had the Downey the last twelve years of Downey Jr. minus the judge, no, but you know, minus the judge? Of course, of course. You know what's really fucking annoying is they probably were like, oh, but you know, our Robert Downey Jr. being late and annoying—that's so perfect for the cast. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like that guy was—he showed up, but he was Tony Stark. He was a little, like, he was a little bit late. He was a little bit like, whatever. Like, who are you? I don't care. I'm Tony Stark. That's so annoying. I'm annoyed on Timothy. So, like, that's what I'm saying here. Is like, did did Oliphant? Oliphant could have been 
Sherlock Holmes. He could have been Enola Holmes. He could have been every like <laughs> he could have been he could have had this like massive movie career. Not that Downey Jr.'s had the last 10 years or so, but Oliphant was like playing Drew Barrymore's husband on a Netflix sitcom. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that's where I'm sort of like when I think of Robert Downey Jr. these days, a repulsion comes over me. Oh God. The talking gorilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's called, Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> and it like just a lot of his choices and and him in real life, like the sort of the Marvel, I mean, he's got he has got true fuck you money now. He's got so he fuck can really me be, money. Yeah. Yeah, he's got he has got so he's really untouchable in Hollywood, and I think that has sunk in to his head. And I don't like what I see. Whereas Timothy Oliphant, when I think of him, I think, oh, he's great. I'm happy to see him. He's a good man. No one's crying any tears for Oliphant. Like I'm sure he's doing fine money wise. Like, and honestly, the last you know six months or anything, like maybe we're gonna ha- like maybe this is just the beginning of like the Oliphant revolution and maybe he's like going to mm-hmm. be the star of the next like you know amc I mean, show that blows needs, up or whatever well all he needs really is his taken that's what he needs yeah like he could well yeah but i don't want him to fall like because he's i don't want him to fall into like all right liam neeson is playing the snowplow like wasn't he doing like a mis- <laughs> Didn't Liam Neeson do a movie that was essentially like Mr. Plow, <laughs> the Simpsons episode, but it was like, you've killed my son. I can't do Liam Neeson's yeah. accent. I don't even know where Le- – like Liam Neeson – He's Irish. He's, he could you could have also told me he was like from like Luxembourg and I would have been like, sure, <laughs> sounds right. I can't um, tell where he's from. Well, I'm just saying if you want him to have like that high profile thing that catapults him, because right now I would say he's a solid B plus actor, right? B plus list. But if you want him to be on A list, all he needs is a Taken. He needs a John Wick. Like, but it needs that, to be needs more. One movie. It needs to be like more fun and charming. Like when he's got that little smirk, it's like. He needs his hangover. There you go. A comedy. Oh, yeah. Because he, yeah, I actually see more parallels between him and Bradley Cooper, where oh, they're both very handsome. And I've had bring enough a lot. of Bradley Cooper. What? I can't get Cooper out of here. Yeah, Cooper's such an interesting. He's so interesting to me because he like was in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because like, he's like hanging out with all these comedy people from like the late '90s New York, early 2000s people, and he's doing all that stuff. And then it's like, uh, then, but he's also like a serious act. Like he's doing the Elephant Man on Broadway very, without makeup or prosthetics. Oh, so serious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's serious oh i remember looking i remember when the press photos from that elephant man yeah. came out i laughed so hard i was like guess what i'm not spending my nyu discount on <laughs> and that show <laughs> but but what yeah what a weird he's a weird case but timothy we love anyway um do we want to keep on Mando? Do you have more so, to talk no, about? So I have a Mando? lot to say. No, I don't have. Right, I don't want then, to spoil it too much. And this is not going. So I want to talk about who I believe is the featured guest star of episode three. Okay. Uh, and this is not going to. I, I, I'm. I'm probably going to say the name, and I'm. I'm going to say there's a 65 percent chance you're going to say who. 
question mark. Okay. okay. So Mando is on. First of all, I'll just say uh, there's lots of tentacles in in <laughs> episode three, and unlike maybe some people in Japan who like really like tentacles. I do not like tentacles. I legit can't even like really look at a picture of an octopus. They're truly, I think they're like octopus squid, like any sort of like invertebrate sea creature. It's just like, not for me. Uh, right. And they land on the frog lady's planet and they're like in fuck it. They're in this like, <laughs> like port town. Every fucking guy working on the longshoresman's got like a fucking tentacle face. Like, Bill oh, Nye and Pirates too. <laughs> they go off to sea. There's more tentacle creatures out there. Baby Yoda gets a cup of gruel at the pub. There's an octopus in his pu- in his in his cup of porridge. It's does he eat the octopus? Oh god! It was like old boy. It was like old boy. It was horrifying. I mean, all that stuff like literally just makes my skin want to crawl off. Um, but then some other mandos show up. Three Mandos. They're in blue Mando suits. They got helmets. The two of them appear to be lady Mandos. And the lead Mando (laughs) takes off her helmet and is none other than Katie Sackhoff. Oh, sure. Of Battlestar Galactica, one of my favorite shows of all time. And I understood. Never watched it. It's fantastic. (laughs) It's really good if you want to get into some Quar binge watch. Uh, I understood why people like you see those videos of like people recording the packed screening of Avengers Infinity War and people are cheering and stuff like that was me at seven in the morning watching the Mandalorian <laughs> for this podcast is she takes off her helmet. I'm like, oh, my God, Katie Sackhoff <laughs> is on the show. Yeah, I never watched that show, but I know her name. People love Battlestar Galactica. And she is. Um, she is one of the best. She is the brightest shine. Like you watch Battlestar Galactica and she's like a young, she's a young woman at this time, a young Canadian, Mm. Canadian actress, by the way. And I, that's what I was just going to say. Is she Canadian? I believe so. I believe lots of Battlestar Galactica people are Canadian. She's actually not. She was born in Portland, Oregon. Uh, That's basically the Canada of America. (laughs) And and he was like, you watch that show and you're like, holy shit, she's going to be huge. Cause she's like, she's playing like an action hero. And yeah. she's like funny and whatever. Anyways, I was very excited to see her. We'll probably be seeing a little bit more of her. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a full on like episode of the week sort of, you know, where it's like the Mando right. goes to town. And it's like, all right, I beat this giant monster. I'll see all of you never again. So um, hopefully we'll see more of her. So she was allowed to take her helmet off. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyways. Why can't <laughs> so apparently the actual Mando. So there are different so just like there are uh, you know, Catholics and Southern Baptists and right. what so apparently there's different sects of being a Mandalorian and our the Mando is part of the the tribe that doesn't take off their helmet and Katie Sackhoff's crew belongs to a more, you know, she belo- she's like the Jews who only go to to go to go to temple on like Yom Kippur. Okay, got and it. And the got Mando it. is like, I go to temple every Friday night and I don't turn on the oven. 
So that's right, kind of right, where right. that's where we are in terms of like Mando I religiosity. I just feel bad for Pedro Pascal. Do you or does he <laughs> does he literally not work a day in his life? He must want the glory. Actors want glory. You know this. You live in LA. They want, they crave. Like the fact that he is this iconic character and no one knows his face. He doesn't like that. I mean, as a as an aspiring lazy rich person, I would love a job where I literally just show up to a fucking recording booth and then it, but mm-hmm. but I am listed as like the action star of this thing. <laughs> How much is that guy actually showing up to set? Well, isn't it him in that suit with the mask on? Is it? True. Very true. Question mark. Very true. Well, that does bring up, we did get a question about that Mando, and it was hot or not. The Mando? Hot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So hot. I mean, I mean, there's just something about a man who has no emotional attachment or tries really hard to not have an emotional attachment, but also has baby Yoda. It sounds like the the uh, name sounds like the plot of a show on CPS I like to call the unicorn. <laughs> wait, wait, this is a random question I do want to throw out yeah, from yeah, Phil yeah. of Nine. Pumpkin spice lattes or peppermint mochas? Also, can we have a Brett is beautiful holiday special <laughs> episode? <laughs> Sure. Uh, first of all, the answer to the first question is both, but I am very much a pro pumpkin spice latte. I am a PSL bitch, if you will. Interesting, because my answer to that is neither. I actually don't like the like the flavor. I'm pro people getting that those flavors if they like them. I'm not like a hater, but I personally don't like the taste. I just enjoy my black with a splash of oat milk cold brew. Like I don't need anything fancy. What is oat milk? It's just it's, like it's tea. Is it like oat tea? They just soak water in oats and then it just gets milky and dirty. I think and shit. so. Okay. I think so. I don't know why, but it's like it's very gritty. It's a gritty texture. <laughs> well, we do love gritty as <laughs> we gritty. Love gritty. As love, fi- love <laughs> Philly, love gritty. We do love. Yeah, it's a huge, huge moment for gritty. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just good. It's a nice texture, and I'm also a, a whole milk gal too. Oh. <laughs> so we we must get into the undoing absolutely so the <laughs> so, undoing if you haven't watched it's a it's a mini it's like a limited series on on hbo starring nicole kidman and hugh grant it's like big little and donald lies Sutherland. and Don, and donnie says <laughs> and uh like big little lies meets the night of i guess it's the new york big little lies yeah it's just rich people in New York. A murder happens, and who do we think did it? Possibly Hugh Grant, but all signs point to it being Hugh Grant. Uh, maybe not. It's kind of hard to follow, though. A lot of people feel like <laughs> they have, like it's like actually super easy to figure out who did it. I haven't figured it out. I do know that in the first, I knew that the general plot of of this, the season would be like all signs would point to her husband doing it. So when they introduce this like beautiful young woman with a baby and stuff, who's like mm. clearly going to be murdered by the end of the episode, I'm like, that's his baby for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, his baby Yoda yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. So yeah, if you haven't watched, it's, it's, 
the Upper East Side of Manhattan, the richest of the rich. Gross. And Nicole I'm a, Kidman. I'm a UWS. If I had to. <laughs> if I had to. Nicole Kidman is like the richest, hottest of them all, but she's so down to earth. <laughs> she's like <laughs> there's so she's, much to unpack in this fucking bonkers ass show that she's the most beautiful richest but she's also the kindest of all of them she's and, a therapist very yes. successful and there are multiple scenes of a, her doing therapy and it's not clear that she's a good therapist at all. Like no, every scene you're like, like, she's like yeah. checking her phone. She's got people walking out of her therapy sessions, like because they can't fucking take, take it. She's like, we see two clients, like one female client and then another, like a gay couple who are seeing their for cows for counselings. And like the first client she sees like it literally ends with a cut to of her being on the phone with her husband and being like, yeah, I don't think she's going to see me again. And then the, and then she's doing the couples therapy with the gay couple. And like one of the guys like storms and leaves. Cause he's like, <laughs> like, she's not a good therapist. I don't think she's not, but she doesn't have to be because her dad is Donald Sutherland, who is the richest of the rich. And we get this exposition of like, their kids in this fancy private school, but only because the dad is helping them. He sort of like helps their lifestyle. Even though you're like, well, she's a therapist and Hugh Grant is a doctor. You're like, they should have some money on their own. Oh yeah. But, oh, I didn't like, I, I understood that he was like a little, I, I didn't think that he was like giving them too much money. He's helping them. Like he's paying for the kids tuition. Oh, well, no, but and, isn't that what Hugh Grant said to him? Hugh Grant's like, yo, I need, I need a half milli. Can you give me some money for the tuition? And that's what well, he that's thought. Oh. Hugh Grant is funneling money from the dad because Nicole doesn't like to ask daddy for money. Hugh Grant, on the other hand, asks all the time. Hugh Grant, we thought he was a doctor. Turns out he was fired. He's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but all signs point, like in the first episode, all signs point to them having like this fabulous relationship where they're still like knocking boots in the shower oh, after yeah. all these years. Oh, He's yeah. in I mean, love with her. He respects her. They have a great relationship. He loves the son. He's a great dad by all accounts. So, so then he gets arrested for, and it turns out he's been having an affair with this, with this, <laughs> what is, what? Oh yes. Scholarship scholarship mom so there's like a so. lot of stuff going on at the school which is like very reminiscent of big little lies where they have this right. sort of like hoity-toity school mm-hmm. and then there's like a younger mother and child who kind of come in and they're not from the same background they're like it's like this like latin family there's a mother right. there's a father there's this like seven-year-old boy and then there's like this infant daughter and yeah. They're clearly not of the sort of like upper crust, upper east side. Well, they say it. They straight up say it. Yeah, exactly. They're like, she's the scholarship mother. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So it's like, uh, she's poor. (laughs) But they invite her to the mother group. And here's the other weird thing. Wait, no, wait. I got to, I got, I want to dig into (laughs) the victim's family. They make such a big deal about how she's the scholarship mom and she's like, not like us. She's, you know, she's poor and she's not white. But She's also part of the fancy ass gym that Nicole Kidman goes to. Exactly. So, so yes. what the hell? <laughs> Not only is that okay, so she's poor. It's like we're supposed to believe that this is like this poor working class family coming in. The mother 
who gets murdered and the father are literally two of the hottest people I've ever <laughs> seen in my fucking life. Like, I'm watching, and there's like some scenes, there's scenes with her. We see all of her. We see it and all. I'm not like a full, nudity. We full see the vulve. full French. We see full <laughs> vulve here on the show. And I'm not like a nudity guy, guy on TV. I don't like watching sex scenes on TV because it's like, there's pornography on the internet if you want to watch that. Like, I don't right. need to watch like people having sex in like a rated R movie. And it's like, cause it's not, it's like not sex. And it's, I don't know. So like, right. I, I don't, I don't really get like turned on by like watching naked people on like an HBO show. Right. right. But these two people <laughs> are coming. so <laughs> fucking hot. I'm like, what the fuck? And the husband too. It's like we haven't seen him too much. Like, like he's got these like he's piercing like this swarthy eyes. guy, but he's got like beautiful piercing blue eyes. I'm like, Jesus mm. fucking Christ! And she's an art. She's like a full time artist. I thought we like <laughs> people can have whatever the job they want, but it's like. They're like this poor working class family that needs the scholarship, but she's like the hottest chick ever. And she like has an art studio and she goes to like, not even Equinox. Equinox is like this sh- is like shitty compared to what right. gym that they're going to. Exactly. That's where I'm, I'm I have to draw the line. I'm so confused. I'm you don't have, you don't have a studio in New York as an artist. You just don't, unless you have Nicole Kidman's daddy paying for it. You just don't like you can't be an artist in New York. My, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, yeah, if you're an artist with a studio, you live in a, you live in Bushwick, which is probably even too like gentrified oh, no. now. For, you live in Ridgewood. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. sorry. You like, you can't, it, it's just, you can't, there's just no possible way. There's a bunch of just like little things on this show where I'm like, what? Like, why she they're like destitute and poor and need the scholarship money, but she's like an artist by day and like has a studio and uh, you know, like, can I talk about the end of episode one for a sec? Go ahead. So uh, Hugh's like alibi is like, I'm going to this like doctor's conference in Cleveland. (laughs) Yes. And you know, he's gone for a few days. He's not calling back. And Nicole realizes that uh, his phone, he left his phone <laughs> in the house. And she's like trying to figure out what hotel he's at. And the cliffhanger of the episode is she's like starts, <laughs> she's like knows he's at a Hyatt or a Marriott or whatever. She knows like the brand name of the hotel. So she starts calling every single Hyatt in Cleveland. Right. And it's like Hyatt downtown Cleveland, Hyatt, you know, Lakeside Cleveland, whatever. She's calling them. She's like, John Frazier's room, please. And she keeps calling and they're like, oh, we don't have a John Frazier. We don't have a John Frazier. And then she calls like the fifth one. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, connecting you. And some guy who's not Hugh Grant picks up and he's like, it's like there's like a woman who picks up and then she gives it to him and he's like, yeah, hi, this is John Frazier. And Nicole's like, John, is this John Frazier? <laughs> like so fucking confused. It's like he doesn't have the craziest name in the world. I'm sure there's a fucking million British guys named John Frazier. It's like the okay. most common name. Why is she so fucking confused? And this is the cliffhanger of the episode. It's like, she's like, wait. How could someone else have the name John Frazier? I hated it. I hate it. I, I get that, but I have a theory. 
Okay. Can I share it with you? I think we're going to come back to this moment. To John, the the American John Fraser in in Cleveland? Oh my God. I hope not. (laughs) I agree. That was very stupid. And I was like, why are they spending so much time at the end of the episode showing her doing this? Why would they even spend the time of having this American guy say like, oh yeah, I'm John Fraser. Earlier in the episode. Make his name something fucking wild. Make his name like, like, Horse horse trading <laughs> buckshot. Like, that's a weird name. Earlier <laughs> in the episode, when Hugh is with the son, Hugh in the show, Hugh has maintains his British accent, but with the son, oh, yeah. he very purposefully puts on an American accent to pretend to be Nicole, like acting as if like I'm the mom, Nicole Kidman. This is how your mom sounds. And he puts on a very convincing American accent. Oh. I think it's possible that that was Hugh Grant on the phone. But didn't he say he didn't actually go to Cleveland? Pardon? But didn't he actually say he, he, didn't he say he didn't go to Cleveland? But maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. It's like, oh, you know, I was having a separate third affair in Cleveland. (laughs) Here's my other theory. Just my overall theory about the show. Because the whole show is like, who did it? We think it was probably Hugh Grant, but then we just got this bombshell that like Nicole Kidman was also maybe, maybe did it. And then the the dad, Donald Sutherland, like, why would you have him in the show if he's not evil? So, then, so much to unpack. But here's here's my theory. Yeah. I think Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant's son did it. Okay, we need to get into this. <laughs> Another okay. reason why I hate the show, this kid is carrying a lot of these scenes like there's a lot of scenes of this kid and nicole kidman or this kid and hugh grant and he's like yeah. crying he's like my dad my family's broken up this kid is awful <laughs> he fucking sucks he's no millie like, bobby brown no he is no billy Bo- he's no baby yoda <laughs> frankly this kid acting sucks and a lot of like the like the emotions of this show is like this family is being torn apart by this case and it's like all hinging on this like kid and he just fucking sucks (laughs) i honestly i barely notice him so he's like totally passable to me but i just i guess maybe what i'm reacting to where you're like he sucks i'm like this kid is evil like mm. there's something dark within this child. So <laughs> I think the kid did it and the dad and Donald, so- like Hugh Grant and Donald Sutherland are covering for him. Covering for the kid. I mean, this, this show goes like, it's it struggles with a lot of like TV mystery stuff where it's like, yeah. all right, if anyone just like said what was going on, the show would be an episode long, but yeah. uh, also like people would behave more normally. Cause like, if I was accused of a murder, I'd be like, Oh, well, here's my cell phone that showed I wasn't texting this person. And here's like my, you know, here's proof that I wasn't in Cleveland. Like, here's all the proof that like I wasn't there. And yet none of those people say any of those things. Right. Like, um, I wanted to back up a little bit because I wanted to bring this up first because this is like the first thing you see on the show. Uh, but obviously we've been talking about the show for 20 minutes. So the show opens opening credits and it appears as if it is the queen nicole kidman singing the song moulin rouge is not so secretly one of my favorite movies it is it sounds like it 
I'm I'm not sure. I could look it up, but it sounds like it's like that song "Dream a Little Dream of Dream Me," little, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm gonna look this up. What a great! I that's a great Easter egg, Brett. Because I did it not. Sound, I mean, I'm just. If you thought the voice in the opening credits of the HBO's, this is from InStyle.com, sounded familiar, it's because the show's theme was performed by the star herself, Nicole Kidman. I've seen Moulin Rouge way too many fucking times. <laughs> I, I know that woman's voice. I know that woman's voice. And I'm like, holy I've seen shit. I've so many times too, but I didn't I'm getting flashbacks. It. I'm getting flashbacks here. This show is about to be fantastic. And truly, that was just the height of the show for me. It was like, But just I the did opening. notice the theme. I was like, I love this version of this song. But I couldn't put my finger. I didn't think that our, our icon, Nicole... Satine of Moulin Rouge would bless us with another track. I'm so happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she really that, is so there's talented. There's one good thing. There's one good thing. Um, you have to keep watching. And I'll I know watch- I'm going to keep watching. I'm like, it's like halfway over. Yeah, exactly. And I'll watch the rest of Mando. So those are the shows that we're sort of on. And then here is another one I'll bring up. We don't have time to really get into it, but just one that I'm really loving. If you care to give it a perusal, is the Queen's Gambit. I'm probably going to start that later today. It is fabulous. Yeah, I hear I hear it's good, but like, you know, I'm I'm working and I'm I'm doing stuff. No, I got to watch you. 3 episodes of this garbage this week for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. Nicole, we love Nicole. She's tall, she's willowy, she's got the cheekbones, she's a great actress. Oh, she's, Anya Taylor-Joy is is the new Nicole. She's got some cheekbones. Oh boy, does she ever? She, I love her. She's, she's got, mesmerizing. She's got a willowy structure. Ah, she's just great. She brings, and she just brings this like liquid depth to every character she plays. I just love her. Um, Janelle Maloney of the West Wing, not really, she's not in danger of taking Reese Witherspoon's crown. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lily Rabe, not going after oh. uh, Laura Dern's crown. Well, Lily Rabe, as you notice, is in The Undoing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing oh, it back so- to The Undoing. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. I know, because I haven't seen Queen's uh, Gambit. I'm going to watch that later today, probably. Yeah, okay, great. So also, listeners, if you're watching Queen's Gambit, like, get at us on Twitter. Did you watch Thank the full you. thing yet? No, I have, I think, two episodes Okay, left. maybe that'll be our next pod. We'll do a full Queen's Gambit yeah. thing. Um, guys, yeah, thank you so much for out. your questions. Thank you for listening. Um, we are enjoying this so much. We're just sort of like, you know, talk, it's a pop culture happy hour, like, like that one really popular podcast. So we, we're just enjoying our lives, talking about things we actually like. Isn't that refreshing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unlike the shitty part of the year where we talk about Big Brother, the show all you guys subscribe to hear us talk about. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you um, for listening and we'll be back next week with some more pop culture thoughts bye Julie bye Julie <laughs>